and we're back. I'm back, Pete. You are. I, I am. I'm uh, black. Yeah. I'm back, too. You're back, too. And I'm black. <laughs> and you're back. And I'm back, but not in, well, I'm wearing black. Yes. Yes, you're wearing one of your adorable hipster t-shirts. No? No? We, I resent that. I resent that comment. Right. I'm leaving the show again. <laughs> so... Um, but tip season is happening. It is. I'm in the pre-planning. My window for ticket selection is this weekend. Oh, okay. So I have to... They're still doing the window thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're still doing the window thing um, because whatever system is really consolidating the orders, I'm sure it can't take the traffic of everyone placing their orders at once. And you still have... There is some sort of sequential, random drawing per... Um, grouping in order to ensure some kind of fairness. So, so randomly. Year, okay, so everybody at, let's say, patron level, mm-hmm. or I have a lot of money, but I'm not wealthy because that's the black card level and they don't have to deal with this nonsense. Everybody at the patron level, there's like a group of people. Mm-hmm. And the system still has to sort of place the order. So there's still a, your group of 20 or 30 or 50 or whatever you have this time slot, and then so on and so on. So part of it, I think, is to mitigate their infrastructure issue. Part of it is there's still a certain amount of luck even within the pre-selection windows because if you're at the very beginning of whatever window you are, you have higher odds of getting all of your choices. Yeah. So... It's very strange to me. Yeah, it it is strange, and it, it, it does make it difficult to make plans. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not as bad as it was in the old days where they basically blew a hole in your Labor Day weekend. Oh, yeah. So, because it was a very manual, go-in-person yeah. lineup. Yeah. You didn't know what you got till you got there. I mean, it's definitely, it's still better. They have made improvements. It's just, it takes them a long time to make big improvements. And then once they make one, like the new online process... It sort of halts for a while while they work out the kinks. Yeah. So this is the second year of the Ticketmaster uh, deal with the devil. Yeah. And <laughs> See, but Ticketmaster should be able to handle that, no? They can. So uh, like all deals with the devil, yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched any movies about deals with the devil, <laughs> you have to be very careful about the wording okay. of the contract. So what happened was last year, a lot of patrons were quite frustrated because... Mm-hmm. You could buy tickets directly through Ticketmaster when single tickets went on sale. But then there was no association with your TIFF profile or membership. So Uh, then there were people who then tried to go and do what you do sometimes, which is exchange films, Mm -hmm. whatever. You hear something's not good or you can't go or whatever. And you can't return, but you can exchange if you bought it through TIFF through them. But if you bought your ticket directly through Ticketmaster... You're stuck with you that couldn't, ticket. And you couldn't even, like, do anything with it. Yeah. And you couldn't do anything with it. Remember, box office, like, it was a whole thing, like... Wow. And again, like, it maybe wasn't adequately... Thought out? I, I feel like it was thought out. It's just, it's... It, their process is difficult enough. hmm But then to try to explain all of these changes and how they would impact people. And the fact was, on the single ticket day, whatever system that they sort of cordoned off for TIFF to be, you go through your profile, you sign in, and it's associated with your member ID, 
that was definitely not as robust as going direct to Ticketmaster. Mm -hmm. So they didn't give them the same horsepower of the full force of the Ticketmaster back end. So they should have just skinned a, a, a Ticketmaster yeah. page, but yeah. Anyway. So you paid a little bit more for a Ticketmaster ticket, but it was actually easier to get tickets for films through them. However, then that bumps the price up even more, which may have led to um, last year being, I believe the article in the Toronto Star uh, reported that it's the first year attendance has gone down. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So between the ongoing cash grab of the many, many premium screenings <laughs> and the additional price bump yeah. of going straight through Ticketmaster that yeah. some people chose last year, yeah. uh, it's not surprising that even, I'm going to say, somewhere in between your avid and your occasional film goer who maybe would check out, you know, three or four movies every year after mm -hmm. work, the last year maybe only went to see one to two. And what? that's a big hit to the overall attendance because it's a festival that's really been built on growth. So this year, even at a glance, you know, somebody said the book looks a little skinnier. <laughs> Does it? Uh, I believe there's there's fewer films total. Yeah. Oh. City to city, that's gone. Oh. Um, so... Midnight Man is still kicking. Midnight Man is still there. It's a new programmer for Midnight Madness. What? Colin is no longer with the festival. Really? Yes. Was this discussed? I don't think we discussed it. <laughs> okay. I'm concerned. I mean, the the choices look Midnight Madnessy, but it, like everything else, when there's a change, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And yeah. It's going to be weird to see a midnight movie and like not have Colin say some words out yeah. on stage in his red pants. Yes. Yeah. Um, will people still bring the bull, like the big beach balls? Yeah. Um, Will it be as fun? Yeah, I mean, he is the man that started the R. Sure. Like, or his, R. his program, like, that's where that started. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, things change. People move on, they get other jobs, like, things happen, but that's, like, a big... That's a big thing, to me. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I can already see a slight overall tone shift in the program for Midnight Madness, but, you know... This isn't Confederate from HBO. I'm not going to judge it before it gets out. It's still the same program. It's still hopefully the same kind of uh, ethos at I its core. I think they're trying to move away from the programmers are the stars so they can just move into these like anonymously picked spectrum thing. Like uh, who do we know that picks the movies at? The only other... Movie picking person I know, but he's is Ebert for the Ebert Festival. Like that's the only one uh, I can name. You know, that's uh, another festival. I don't know who picks them on cans, or I think it always changes. Or um, yeah, maybe that's my. Well, guess they have like a jury thing for the awards that they change every year. Okay. But I think how award, how movies get in, there's some kind of process. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I have the same level of excitement. Oh, no. When I did my first run through the book, definitely there were fewer green stickers on the first run through. Okay. For like the first time ever. So I think I just need to sort of simmer down and go through it. But like I only have till Sunday and you know, I have a busy weekend of day drinking planned. Plus, you know, Game of Thrones and going to have big dinner to make for that. So, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that the festival ends up being maybe a nice surprise. Maybe it, more like the old days where you see films that you haven't heard a lot about 
And it does seem like there's more films that maybe only have a sales agent and not distribution yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually gone through and like counted compared to last year. But there's definitely less that is like sort of big stuff that I've heard of. And yeah, well they well they did do the pumping up here the celebs, yeah. but they didn't do like the pumping of the movies. Like I don't anyway. But I I know Cameron wanted to like rejig it so it's not a Hollywood uh, festival on a platter. I I don't know. Like well, let's take a break and then we've got the program here and you can dip into it a bit and see uh, what's going on. Yeah, we'll see what's, what's popping in the gala program because that's the only one where you may have heard of some of the movies. Cool. Right. We'll be back. And we're back. And before we get into the gala program, we haven't complained about the weather yet, Jay. Oh, it's hot. No, it's not. It's hot it's in hot. this room. It's hot in this room. But I almost put my toque on on the way here, because even though it's August, it's not warm. It's not warm. So, listener, if you are out of town and you're coming to Toronto this year, I can't even tell you. Just basically pack... I don't know how to dress anymore. Pack I, everything yeah. you own. Yeah. I was wearing a toque, unironically, a couple of weeks ago, and then I was sticky hot in a sundress a couple days after that, and I pretty much had to wear a sweater every day. Mm-hmm. Haven't worn shorts, really, since May, June. Having having a rain... I've been having a raincoat ready, like a yes, rain jacket. constantly yeah. packing a raincoat yeah. or umbrella. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's very London-y, I yeah, imagine, sure. what it's like there. Maybe more sun, but not like hot sun. Yeah. And, and you see tourists. I've seen tourists that are just like, just baffled, like they don't know what to do. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They come up here in their flip-flops yeah. and their shorts and their tank tops because yeah. they've come to Toronto the summer before and it's normally quite hot. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, listen, I'm just as befuddled as they are. <laughs> Global warming? Or climate change. Climate change? Climate change. change. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the lake is not as high as it was at the beginning of the summer. Okay. I guess they opened up part of the island okay. in time for Caravana, but <laughs> I haven't been down by the waterside since I saw Sugar Rose a few months back in May. Okay. And it was at Echo Beach and half of the spots in the parking lot were underwater. It was cool because oh. like, the lake was so high, the water's really like cooling down the air in the evenings. Interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of the beach, did you um, have an opinion? Someone, they've opened up businesses, like trailer businesses in the beaches, like on the beach. Yes. And <laughs> it's like, I'm going to say like white people problems of like complaining of like, they're blocking my view. Yes, this guy renting catamarans <laughs> yeah. or whatever is yeah. blocking yeah. people's view of the water. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. It is a nice view if you have one of those properties yeah. that's right down by the water. Yeah. and I'd be happy if I was just by the water. Like. When I would, you know, you walk on the boardwalk, you see the people who have basically on yeah. their backyard yeah. lawn, yeah. just Muskoka chairs set up facing the beach. The beach, yeah. and that is... An amazing view. Mm -hmm. So if this is something you become accustomed to and you have your, you know, little lawn furniture set up in your environment and your friends come over and now when you sit down there, instead of looking right out onto the water, you're looking into, you know, the back of this guy's setup. I can see why. Yeah, my confusion is why they put it there when they clearly knew that it would be like that's, there are conspicuous spaces, but it's just like that space is like, 
dude, you're blocking people's <laughs> like. I don't think it was him. Yeah. Necessarily, but uh, yeah, just placing. But that. he got a permit. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, it's all legal. Know, it's all legal. It's, it's just one of those things where you know things change, mm-hmm. and sometimes change is inconvenient. Yeah. Should it have made the newspaper? No, that's the thing. I'm like, why is this, this seems, front page news? This is like, like a local beef. This mm-hmm. isn't a rap level beef. Mm-hmm. This is definitely... But the thing that killed me was like old white people like complaining and I was just like, this is funny. Can anyone yeah. see how this is not funny? It's great that in Canada, in Toronto, like that's our only problem. Like that's our biggest yeah. challenge. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the world's really going through it right now. <laughs> So if our biggest problem is that some people in property uh, where their property taxes are probably insane, yeah. just based on their location, I mean, part of the reason your property taxes are what they are when you live there is the view, is mm-hmm. the proximity to the beach. Mm-hmm. So I can also see the frustration from that point of view where I am paying a premium, not just on my property, but to the city because I can look out the window and see water. Yep. And now you can't. Now you can't. So yeah, there should be a, should be a reevaluation. Yeah, yeah. Or like for summer, for the months that that guy's permit's active, yeah. give them a little, little taste back of their uh, property taxes. I, I call it now they're going to move it. Like so the city's going to move it like in the fall. Yeah. And then. Well, I, I think it's just a summer thing, right? Like it's a thing. That it moves? Oh, okay. Well, so next yeah, year it like won't it be in won't that be space. in winter or yeah. whatever. Oh, okay. Like it's, I'm assuming whatever he's renting is just for when the weather's nice. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I was just like, I, it won't be there next year. Yeah. Or so. it will, and those people just lose their damn minds. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got to take a break. Yeah. And we'll come back with more in a tiff. Yeah. And we're back in a tiff, getting ready for the film festival. Yeah. So I'll probably be doing another uh, more lo-fi episode with Mel when I have my draft selection ready. But we'll go through the Gallup program, the program that I'm least likely to select films from. When did you get the book? When did uh, the book I got come? the book on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is the smell still the same? Oh, God. It smells so oh, good. Oh, okay. Give good. it a sniff. Well, I, maybe after the show. But yeah. the quality is there. Like, this is like a quality... I applaud them on, like, yeah. the killing of trees on this one. Yeah, like, it's just even like... even the pickup for the book, because, again, they have the website, and um, definitely there's more tools online for people to do their selection now. Mm-hmm. This year, they didn't even have the book pickup be at the big box office like they haven't set that up. It, okay. I don't know if they are. So this got mailed so, to you? No, I got, oh. I picked this up at like TIFF proper. At, they had the where the co-check is. That oh. was where I picked up my program book oh. this year instead of it being uh, at Metro High. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to set that box office up this year. I'm not sure. I don't know. Because now you can also do the mobile tickets. I did oh. mobile tickets last year. I did hard tickets mm-hmm. because I was so paranoid about the sure. whole like on the thing. To me. Plus, it's happened like, to me. Your phone, like, QR codes. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't trust it. And again, especially in a four movie day, mm-hmm. it is feasible that my phone could die. Sure. And then I'd have to like what? Like run to get it charged or like log into my thing at the venue. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a huge pain in the ass. I wasn't feeling confident about their whole flow. Sure. I still might go hard tickets again this year. Nice. Well, it's also a memento. If I have... Are we allowed to go? You must still be allowed to... I have no idea. What's that? Ever since they switched over to Ticketmaster, I don't know, like, 
how this whole thing works anymore. Well, I know sometimes Ticketmaster will charge you if you want a physical ticket. Like, it's more money, even though you, like, they want you to just have, like, they say the download is free. I think when I do my film selection, I think that's where I do my option to do either hard tickets or um, mobile tickets. So I think that will be when I have to make my final decision. But But jumping back into the gala. Uh, the first film, uh, Borg McEnroe. It, and that's a gala screening? It's a gala screening, and it is featuring one Shia LaBeouf and Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, I'm not really that hyped for this. <laughs> I'm not really... I like the kind of Tenenbaums look that they're rocking, but I realize they're actually rocking the look that those of people the 70s, rocked at yeah. that time. Yeah. So, you know, that's great, but... You know, tennis movies are a genre that uh, hasn't been explored enough yet. I don't know. I don't know who it's... That movie does not grab me. And moving <laughs> on to another sport for white people, the next <laughs> movie in the book is called Stronger. And it is about... Is it about hockey or is it just somebody wearing a hockey jersey <laughs> in, in the, the picture? picture in the book? I don't know what it's about. Now, runner... Uh, Aaron Hurley, played by Tatiana Maslany, was still a mile away from the finish line when the bombs went off. Her boyfriend, Jeff Bauman, however, was right there. Oh, it's about the Boston bombing. Oh, Boston bombing. I I think so. So marathon running. Yeah. So I guess not a sport for white people because, you know, Africans are really good at that. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I guess it's just the the Boston hockey jersey in the... Yeah, Boston strong. ...that they picked for the image. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Jake Gyllenhaal, Tatiana Maslany. Is there an Affleck in there? Uh, No. No, not at least listed in principal cast, but you never know. Produced. Yeah. Perhaps, actually. No. No. I don't see uh, Affleck or a Wahlberg. I believe if you make any movie in Boston now, you have to have one of them. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the credits somehow. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so that also, I have David Gordon Green. Who's done, you know, some good stuff, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's the first time I sort of look through the first pages, because even the galas that I don't normally see, usually just, like, seeing the things they're bringing in, I usually get a little hype. This one has a very interesting, uh, collection of people. The Upside. Principal cast includes Brian Cranston, Kevin Hart, Nicole Kidman, oh, oh. Juliana Margulies, Aja Naomi King, and, um, Gold Shifte Fahani. I don't know That's crazy. anything about this movie. I heard nothing about it crazy. coming up. Uh, and it appears to be something that could be interesting. But again, I don't know if it's going to be like a rollicking kind of event. So in the pre-seat, Dell, played by Kevin Hart, has little confidence that life holds many promises for a man with a criminal record, no formal education, and no financial safety net. He shows up as a candidate for the position of caregiver to millionaire author Phil, played by Cranston, wanting only a signature to show his parole officer. Yet Phil, despite strenuous protests from his assistant Yvonne, Nicole Kidman, insists on hiring the wholly unqualified Dell on the spot. Phil is quadriplegic, a grief-stricken widower, and like Dell, running short on hope. Divided by race class, and ability, these men could not be further apart. I I was in it for a bit, and now I'm out. (laughs) Yet, if they can bridge their differences, they may just discover a rare breed of friendship 
and teach each other to live again. <laughs> it should end it that we're all the same. Based on the international <laughs> box office smash, The Untouchables, I was like, wow. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was thinking, the French movie. And I'm yeah. like, that was excellent. And and because uh, when I, yeah, yeah. when yeah. I saw like Brian Cat, Prince, the picture is him in a wheelchair. And then Kevin Hart, I'm just like, is this like the American version of, yeah, that's not my cup of tea. <laughs> I feel like as the world becomes... But I give Kevin Hart all the props. More global uh, remaking of good French movie that's yeah. not that old. No, that not that old. Reached a fairly wide audience. Yep. Is that required? But then we need to remember in Canada especially, most of us at least have some passing familiarity with French. Yeah. Including uh, well, a whole province where that's their first language. So it's not really fair to judge the decisions of people in America around <laughs> remaking that stuff because maybe it's like they thought, you know, this is a good story. Let's repackage it in a language that we understand and throw Kevin Hart in it because why not? Throw yeah. him in everything. <laughs> He's literally the Frank's Red Hot Sauce of the actors right now. Well, I like that Brian Cranston's in it. That means it'll be like decent, decent acting. Like, you know, even if Kevin Hart can't pull that off. I don't know. That's a hard role. I've never seen Kevin Hart do... Unless he does a comedic... Anyway, I'm like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> When's the last time you went to a gala screening? Last year? Like, I, don't, I don't think I've gone to like a gala gala, like a premium Pre- screening. Premium. Um, I don't do premiums. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah. Yeah, if someone would give price. me a free ticket and I could fit in my schedule, but that hasn't happened in a long time. I can't remember the last time I went to a premium premium. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. And like ever since they started this whole weird cash grab, double the price for the premiums, yeah. it's just never been my thing. Like in the old days, the gals were just at Roy Thompson Hall and those were like very, very kind of like either big Hollywood or coming out soon anyway. Like there was maybe only one or two that were like more smaller films that maybe weren't going to get distribution. And... They didn't encroach so much on the other venues. Now, um, everything's at the Lightbox or Roy Thompson Hall. Well, the venues this year are pretty much the same ones. We're just missing. Okay. I think Isabel Bader's out, okay. and um, God, there's one other one that was out that I can't remember anymore. But yeah, the venues this year are. Still there's less. Out. Yeah. So, oh yeah, the Hot Docs Theater is out. It's oh. Not there anymore. Which, the Blur, the Blur, yeah, sorry, so, I mean the yeah, Ted the Blur, Rogers yeah. so Theater. I'm, I'm okay with that because, yeah. especially on Sunday mornings, because the subway starts a little late here, it was kind of a pain in the ass to get there for a movie that starts at 8.45. Yeah. So, uh, Roy Thompson Hall, mm-hmm. uh, Visa Screening Room, at, is now the Princess of Wales Theater. The okay. Visa Screening Room used to previously be the Elgin Theater. Okay. So, I don't know if they're going to set up the lounge there like and have the second line if you have a Visa Infinite or a gold card to get in earlier and go into the little lounge where they have the lint chocolate and, like, the stale popcorn. But uh, that's going to be something new this year if they're going to set that whole situation up. So the Elgin is still involved, but they aren't a Visa screening room venue. So that's curious. Will they still have the second line there? Or will that just be a huge fucking shit show for people (laughs) who go there expecting to get in a Visa line? And it's like, nope, you wrap around the building with the rest of the police. Because it's a big venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long line. Yeah. Uh, Winter Garden Theater, mm-hmm. right above the Elgin, is still uh, part of the show. Verizon Theater 
is still involved. And I was thinking initially that they were, oh, when I looked at the first two pages, oh, they're good. They're not doing premiums at Ryerson anymore, but they still are. Uh, they just weren't on the first. They got to cut a deal with Young and Dundas and uh, work that out. I don't know. Yeah, and again, it's like, I understand financially, if you're thirsty for cash, Ryerson's one of your larger venues, so you want to have a premium there. Mm-hmm. But again, you're just not going to get as many advanced sales of those because they're super expensive. Yep. And for people who've now, maybe year over year, fallen for this and bought these premium tickets, and then they go and maybe the talent doesn't even like talk that long before or after, and they just come out for like a wave. These are the people that you're not getting them to come year after year because they ended up spending over $100 for a night out to see one movie. Yes. So, I don't know. Think about your life. Think about your choices. Uh, <laughs> Make Jackman good ones. Hall is still involved. Uh, the light box, one through four. So the, the poopy little ones are... Being used. The, the fifth one. There's a fifth one, right? I I know there's one at the very top, top. Yeah. But anyway, that's like a private yeah. screening-ish. And the Scotiabank. Oh, now, back. there is much anticipation <laughs> about the state. Well, they've had it. The escalator. <sighs> that yeah. theater, it's in rough shape. Yeah. It's like they're, put, they're putting like, it's like duct tape together by now. It's like they never, they redid some of the theaters, but the overall ambiance is still like wet carpet <laughs> to me. It's not nice. I've, they have been replacing, it's really the replacement of the seats. Uh-huh. That has really helped with that overall smell. That yeah, kind of that, smell, that kind of like swampy butt crack yeah, situation. It's terrible. Um, it's terrible. But if it's warm, because we've had such a cold summer, yeah. if it ends up being like what happens every four or five years where you have an uncharacteristically warm tiff, yeah. that could get real bad real fast, especially if the escalator's busted. Oh man. So if you have a bunch of like And that two person elevator or three person film folk humping up and down the stairs oh, and it's warm it, it's gonna not be cute no so I think that's it it's a risk allegedly they've been working hard all summer fixing the escalators there the last time I saw a movie at Scotiabank the up escalator was working but the down one wasn't anytime I've been there one of them is out of commission anytime I've been yeah. there I mean it's a and maybe it was just a flaw in the engineering of the building like it's a really really big building and so that, like, in terms of height... Yes, get yeah, it's super, the super tall. So a lot of structures that you go to where you have to go up that high, it's like a two-escalator system. So mm-hmm. that the, whatever, the There's gears, a stop, yeah, yeah. It's not straining, straining yeah, itself. The yep. mice that are running, like, they yep. don't have to, you know, pump that hard. Yeah. Whatever's happening <laughs> there, I don't know how escalators are made. That makes sense, P. Yeah. Makes, <laughs> it makes sense to me. I'm just like, yeah, did you have to make it? Couldn't you just make four yeah. escalators? Yeah. yeah. And I think that now that decision is kind of biting them in the ass. And yeah. to reconfigure or build it out of, like, whatever Wolverine claw-type substance that they need to to make it withstand, <laughs> it's, it's a concern. It is. Yeah. So that's another thing. And now I need to factor in to any Scotiabank choice the time to get up and down oh, the sure. escalator. I'm not in tip-top condition this year. I have not been exercising. <laughs> I did dust off the Wii so I could do like a little <laughs> That's something. and whatever. That's to, like, something. But basically, like even just going to Bar Hop last night and going up to the rooftop patio, 
Whew, it was, winded? You yeah, were winded? I was winded. I was winded. So You need to get more cardio. I really do. Yeah. I really need to do a lot of walking between yeah. now and September 7th. Yeah. I've, I'm concerned. Yeah. So, yes, the Scotiabank is in and that's it. So yes. it is definitely more compact. Yeah. And unless you're heading up to see something at Jackman Hall, which I don't know the state of that theater. I haven't, I haven't been there been in, in ages. a long time. But I might go this year just because, again, there's a lot... But it does appear it's like every other day there aren't as many premium screenings. Like this Tuesday, looks like there's only two premium screenings. That's amazing. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing with regards to premium. Um, it At first glance, it did seem like there's less uh, total. Maybe that will help with the attendance overall. Well, I want to talk about the movies that you're going to see. Let's take a break and we can talk about some of your picks. Okay. Not like some of them. Some of can... my pre-picks. Yes. They may not make it in the schedule, but some of the ones I'm thinking about. Yeah. We'll yeah. be back. And we're back. My and yeah. We're going to talk about some early picks. I'm going to focus only on the documentary program section. Okay. Uh, for today. Is that always part of your... It is. Well, it's still Tom. And okay. yeah, he tends to really come up with some great picks. I mean, last year, I'm Not Your Negro, that was a great one. Oh, man, that's such a good, that's such a good documentary. It is, yeah. And such a good doc. Um, I was unfamiliar um, with that guy's work. I just heard a story of they were going to have him at the March on Washington, but it was just like, it's too controversial, like... America, black people weren't ready for like a gay black man to say we're all equal. Like anyway, that's just uh, it's a you gotta see that documentary. It's crazy. It's really Not as crazy, it's just really interesting, really yeah, it's a great documentary. Yeah. So this one, uh, I believe it's the opening night documentary. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. I didn't know that was uh, at the TIFF. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Allegedly, I think she's coming this year. What? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. I heard that. But I didn't know it was for TIFF. I didn't know. That's great. Yeah, and it's also directed by a woman. Oh, amazing. So super exciting. I don't even, I didn't even want to read the thing. I don't know that much about her career, but I am excited to see this one. She was like, be... she was doing Lady Gaga yeah. before... It was cool. Like, I don't, it's like beyond, like, Lady Gaga rips her off, Madonna's ripped her off, like, everyone's ripped her off, and she, she's the original innovator. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. But it's not, her stuff isn't really, like, middle class ac- accessible. Like, it's, it's, it's up, it's up there, high art. Like, her stuff is up there. So interested to see what she'll be serving up. And under that theme of being interested in what people are serving, the other documentary I'm interested in seeing is The Gospel According to Andre. Oh, nice. Another documentary directed by a woman featuring uh, Uncle Andre, Andre Leon Talley. Mm-hmm. Vogue or? Yes. Yeah. Vogue used to be editor at large. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think, I don't know if he went back there, uh, but basically he's just a, an amazing huge personality Mm -hmm. and height wise character Mm -hmm. in the world and in the world of fashion and I do hope they explore that outfit that he put on Jennifer Hudson for the Oscars that year that's perhaps the only you know what I'm not going to call it a misstep because it's still memorable 
Yeah. Not that, you know, Jennifer Hudson being nominated for Oscar wasn't memorable well enough. But, yeah. So, I'm super excited to see uh, what it's about. I hope he comes. I don't know if he is. But, yes, uh, the people that will be featured in the documentary are, of course, Andre Leon Talley, Anna Wintour, Mark Jacobs, Crazy. Bobby Goldberg, Tom Ford, Bethann Hardison, Diane von Furstenberg, Manolo Blahnik, and Tamron Hall. Whoa. So, quite a collection. Oh, sorry. Did you say Kate Moss? No. Oh, no Kate Moss. Okay. I, 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 they didn't... You never know. There may be some models, but maybe they're not listed in That's true, the yeah. main yeah. talking head portion. For sure. But yeah. yeah. What is Kate Moss going to say, really? Super <laughs> to see how his career evolved. Like, I, how, like how he created it. Like how he... Yeah. Anyway, I'm... Like how that sounds this man from America. <laughs> yeah. With Anna Wintour. Yeah. That unlikely, I mean, just even their physicality. Sure. It's like an old time comedy pair. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great reality show. <laughs> oh my God. Do you realize if they were starting out now, it would for sure be a reality show? <laughs> it would just be them sort of silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, next to him, she almost looks like an Edna Mode-type shape. Yeah, with the bob, yeah. and she's small. Yeah. And he's... A giant. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's good. Yeah. Is there, is there, is, are those your two documentary picks? For sure, these okay. are two that are at the top of cool. the list so far. Very cool. Um, but definitely, there's also Boom For Real, the late teenage years of Jean-Michel Basquiat. And um, I, I do have to say... Just looking, uh, the Sammy Davis Jr. I've got to be me documentary. Count me in. No, I love Sammy Davis Jr. I I rediscovered him thanks to Spotify, and he's got like some good. He's got some bangers. Yeah, he's got some banging tracks. Yeah. Like, uh, and uh, j- just the whole like Rat Pack, but he has his own style going on, and it was it's. Uh, I enjoy it, um, but I'm sure there's been a Sammy Davis Jr. Documentary. I mean, as somebody who has almost always at every job or at least on every team been the only one. Yeah. That is. Totally. I'm super interested in this documentary. Actually, let, let me green tag this right <laughs> because you're right. Like this is going to be one that I think will speak to me on many different levels and yeah. directed by a dude of color. Oh, nice. So takes cool. a couple of my, uh, boxes under the supporting others so yeah i think actually just talking to you i'm getting a little more hype and maybe this is what i should well i'm I'm just like in the documentary section and then fan out from there i find it fascinating that like page to page there's like two black guys like that's awesome you know tom is super yeah you know he does the documentary programs i don't think you could have your job as nothing but watching documentaries for your whole life and not be woke yeah, for sure. Yeah, you be- would have a lot to say, but I think you would be tired a lot too. All the yeah. thinking. Yeah, you would. Yeah. But you know, I'm excited to see you know Tom in his war jackets, and he always looks great, and seems to not be as terrified as some of the other programmers when I scream his name when I see it. usually his first movie. Ooh, Ex Libris, the New York Public Library. Yeah, that that sounds interesting. That does too. But then, yeah, it sounds interesting. I might end up seeing a lot of documentaries this year, but like, based on my relative level of excitement for some of the you know fiction versus nonfiction. There could be a documentary about like the Young and Bloor reference library easily. Yes. Absolutely. Easily. Ooh, uh, 
Los Burritos at Cocaine Prison. Hmm. At Drugs, drug documentaries, drug shows are pretty yeah. hot. No. <laughs> you know, although I would love to know, like, who was the first person who smuggled drugs up their butt? Like, if they could, uh, <laughs> that'd be a if good. They could source that story. The first, the first person to smuggle drugs up their butt. <laughs> Not a little, a lot, yeah, like a lot. A lot yeah. yeah, more than once. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> Their main source of income. <laughs> that would be a great kind of documentary, so, you know, tracing that voyage. Sure. Uh, through history, like yeah. I heard about a person, I heard about yeah. a, you know, guy, girl, whatever, like yeah. men. Owed a debt. Yeah. yeah, and specifically, but not yeah. another word. Yeah. yeah. Not in the mouth. Yeah, yeah no, that, that I'd, I'd produce that yeah. for sure. That'd be great. I mean, you might not, obviously, you probably wouldn't find the first person, but what a series of interviews that would be. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great idea. Any <laughs> listener, if you know a documentary filmmaker, please throw that one on the idea file. Just, you know, if it does blow up and become some sort of international sensation. I want a piece. I want a piece of that. Kind of wet my beak. Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back. And we, we got to quickly talk about Midnight Madness and... Maybe wrap it up. Yep. Okay, we'll be back. And we're back. So there still is a Wavelengths program. I thought there wasn't going to be this year when they cut stuff down, but... That's good. That's there great. It is. Yeah, so... And they didn't try to rebrand it. So all of your art installation, loving, uh, conceptual film folk, you're still in it to win it. Yay. Cool. I, I don't think I've ever seen a Wavelengths. <laughs> and that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, um, shortcuts is still in. Oh, that yeah, the shorts. Yeah, shorts are good. That's good. Uh, this one looks interesting. An imagined conversation, Kanye West and Stephen Hawking. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's Stephen amazing. Hawking and Kanye West discuss quantum mechanics, private insecurities, and Drake in this wickedly hilarious alt memoir. And it's an, it looks like it's animated. Yeah. 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 That's that's really interesting. Yeah. So you know, the the thing about the shorts is. I've done them only maybe a couple times, and only once did I enjoy sort of three out of the five or six. Yeah, it's hit and miss. It's hit and miss. Yeah, but they're short. Yeah. So right about when you're getting tired and bored, then there's the next one. Although it usually ends up being, for me personally, the one that ends up being the longest short is the one that I'm least interested in. (laughs) That can sometimes make things drag a little, but it's a nice little break. You, You were telling me, like, I'm always interested in the screenings of Midnight Madness, but apparently, you, you were saying, and it's fact, it's just Colin is no longer programming it, which I didn't hear. And that's like uh, really interesting, because he's been doing it over, like since the beginning, I think. No? I don't know. I don't know. I don't at, at least five years. But like, oh, since I've been going. So okay. Over 10 years. And yeah, I'm just curious what his, I'm just curious like how it'll stack up, but uh, cult movies are pretty, like... Wacky movies, diff- offbeat movies are like the thing now. Like it's like part of the mainstream, so it wouldn't be that hard to program something very middle of the road, like to open it to a wider audience. But yeah, I'm interested. So a movie in the Midnight Madness program, Bodied, mm-hmm. is about battle rappers. Interesting document. No, not a document. No. Oh. Yeah, so it's by Joseph Kahn, mm-hmm. who is a South Korea-born, Houston-raised filmmaker. And Interesting. And he's worked on music videos for such people as Beyonce, U2, Justin Timberlake, etc., etc. Uh, his feature film credits include Torque, 
detention and now bodied. So Torque. <laughs> this is uh, a film that's written by celebrated Toronto battle rapper, aka Kid Twist. I don't know who Kid Twist is. <laughs> the film assumes the perspective of Adam Callumworthy, a white, purportedly progressive graduate student who infiltrates a community of diverse battle rappers for the sake of an edgy thesis. Before long, he develops his own predilection for skillfully slinging his own rhymed insults and epithets as a competitive poet. And Khan plays out the premise like a twitchy funhouse mirror of 8 Mile, cleverly subverting Eminem's vehicle trajectory to a sardonic and sobering effect. The result also functions as a cultural mirror, one that invites you to laugh, gasp, and most importantly, perhaps, and most damningly, invite recognition. I don't know. I... I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. For me. I, I don't like that they mentioned 8 Mile. Hey, did you like 8 Mile? You'll like this one. <laughs> Mom's funny. Yeah. Uh, this one, just based on the picture, looks like dudes in the wood. Pass. Hard pass. Happen. I think that uh, white people in the woods... I mean, why do they keep going <laughs> in the woods? It's like, you have plumbing at home. <laughs> you have... Like, Sinks, water. toilets, yeah. Yeah. Plumbing, yeah. Showers every yeah. day. Yeah, hot water. Yeah. I feel like people continue to go into the woods, and it just seems like a bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they find themselves... Hopelessly lost in the yeah. shortcut. Yep. And now this one, uh, I believe this is uh, one Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> now this is I'm interested. I'm doing it for the money. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, Selma Blair, in a movie called Mom and Dad. Mommy and Daddy ain't all right. They're definitely more than a little weird in this pitch black horror comedy that imagines a 24-hour nightmare where parents worldwide succumb to mysterious mass hysteria. That turns them violently against their own children. Well, interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so I don't think Nicolas Cage can turn dark like he already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think the challenge would be the before and after. Yeah. Not the <laughs> actual in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he oh. gets home from work when he's already. I know this is like it's all hype. Sorry, I interrupted, but uh, no, yeah, feel free. the one, the disaster artist. Like, yeah. I think, well, because I can't like, read. You know, I can't I feel read. Like it'll drip, it will fairly drip with contempt. I have to drink some water. Yeah. Um, so it, this one has uh, a Franco the senior, James mm-hmm. as director, and, uh, and Franco the junior. junior yeah. It. Yes. And everyone's everyone's familiar with the room or knows of the room. That have you seen it? The room. Or just room. Room. You're saying the room. Or I thought it was called the room, but uh, it's just room. Uh, the movie with the. The original movie, Tommy Wiseau. Oh. Yeah, that that this movie is based upon. Oh, see, I was thinking of room. Okay. I didn't oh, know oh, about oh, what this okay. Is based on. Oh, okay. I so. I haven't even read this. I okay. literally looked at the picture and just flipped away <laughs> the first time I went through the book. So tell me more. So. Uh, film people, film buffs, film nerds might know this. It's there's this movie, and it's known as the most terrible, awful movie ever made, and it's called The Room. And it's this guy, Tommy Wiseau, and he stars in it, wrote it, and directed it. And the movie is just so. It's like 
I, I, I respected that he finished it and thought it was something to show to others. It makes no sense. The acting is terrible. It's just like the plot line just like disconnects at many spots. Continuity is off. There's these like random green screenshots on a rooftop. And like it's it's strange and weird and somewhat disturbing. And uh, the and now they do midnight screenings of it all over the world or, you know, all over North America. And the guy shows up still like he shows up to like do talks and he like he speaks in this weird sort of Eastern European accent. And so now James Franco made a movie about the guy making the movie. So I'm interested, but James Franco can get lost. I don't know. I could care less. But. I mean, he's exploring options. Yeah. 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 Aren't so, we all? you know, it must be great to just be able to do whatever you want. <laughs> Should we wrap it up there? <laughs> I think that wraps up another episode of In a Tiff. Yeah. But we'll be back with more and yeah, uh, be the usual um, solid picks, scheduling picks. of content during, in the run up and during the festival, and then a fade out. Fade out. When I too much is the enough. ability to focus on anything. And it's and, cold. It's kind of cold. And we'll need to actually get a full time job again. Too. Yeah. Basically and and guests, we have to learn back for all of the Uber yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. that I'll be taking during the festival. Right. Yeah, those Uber charges can really rack up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I use it as a treat. Yeah, Uber is a treat. But uh, that wraps it up for us. Uh, follow us on iTunes. Yes. And iTunes Stitcher. And Stitcher. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Bye. <laughs>